Awesome. So Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today on the My First Thousand podcast, the podcast where Thanks we chat to YouTubers. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you, honestly, because one of my favorite things about you is you actually spent over a year making videos every week before you reached a thousand subscribers right mm-hmm. that's just a, amazing kind of the endurance there and of course now how many subscribers are you on uh i think i'm at like 184,000 184,000 something like that so pretty decent like size to- at this point <laughs> just adding the thousand on the end there yeah, quite yeah right. some, something like that so it's something a like that. To the endurance right yeah i mean you know, I don't know. Did you, where did you find that stat? Did you, did you go back into my, into my analytics and find that? Or did you do some research on me? Both, honestly. Um, so that I actually found in your Instagram story where you posted, uh, when you were kind of reflecting on a hundred thousand subscribers and one of the yeah. things you said was how you were, yeah, you're making a video. Well, I got, I've actually, I've got, I've got the phrase written down what you actually said. If you'll forgive me for just glancing over here. For sure. So yeah. So the three things you said were you were uploading weekly, you're putting the hours mm-hmm. in to ensure there was quality, and mm-hmm. you made sure that every video you tried to do as well as you could. Yeah, I mean, so I'll just kind of give you a little bit of a background of how it started up and kind of how I got into doing YouTube videos. So um, I started off, I was a freshman in college, and I wanted to do film, kind of, and I wanted to direct it was all kind of like nebulous right um and in my freshman year of college i pretty much had this existential crisis and i was like what do i what am i doing with my life what do i really want to do where do i really want to go what's this all for you know one of those and i was like well i really love storytelling i really want to be a screenwriter i want to be a director um and so i should start actually taking real steps towards those things and so I started I started writing and I started making short films. And another thing that I did was I started a YouTube channel. So I had watched Every Frame of Painting, which is a fantastic video essay channel. And he was, I guess, like, he was like the real pioneer of like film video essay channels. And I remember finding his channel and just watching all of his videos again and again. Um, and I, I loved it. And so I started this YouTube channel and my initial goal of it was that I was going to make something once a week that was going to uh, help me in my education as somebody who wanted to screenwrite, as somebody who wanted to direct, and as somebody who loved filmmaking. So the idea initially was that I was doing this, of course, to make YouTube videos and to have this channel, but mainly to study and then force myself to like synthesize what I was studying. So if you think about it, it's really, you know, with video essays, they're kind of papers that are then made into videos, hence the name video essays. And so I was really just kind of writing these weekly papers on whatever I was learning about in regards to filmmaking or screenwriting or just whatever I was interested in in at that particular week. And so I just started making those these videos. And of course, I wanted to grow a YouTube channel. I mean, like, like while that wasn't the primary focus at the time, the, the primary focus was not to hit a million subscribers. Um, but of course, it was in the back of my head. I mean, this it's so funny hearing YouTubers be like, they hit a million subscribers, they hit 10 million, and they're like, I never 
thought of myself as here. It's like, what are you talking about? The the first <laughs> time, the the day that I made my my YouTube profile, I was like, man, it's gonna be crazy if I can hit a million subscribers. <laughs> like immediately, <laughs> I thought that. I was like, I no would love to do around. that. Yeah, of course. I mean, why not? So, um, so I started making these videos, right? And um, I was doing it mainly for me, but I, I loved every frame of painting, and I loved. I think Nerdwriter also kind of started around that same time, and I was just interested in this format and making these videos. I was having a good time. And so then I was really using that to just kind of build skill set. And, and I was shooting these short films and I was writing and I was, uh, I remember, um, I was just doing so much work. Uh, cause I remember like, I remember reading a stat that in night Shyamalan had written like three or four features while he was in college. And I was like, okay, well I need to write three or four features. Like I need to get these things out. And, um, and I was making these YouTube videos and everything. And so I, you know, just started up. And I remember, actually, I still have a screenshot of when I hit 50 subscribers. Because I didn't really send it out to, like, people I knew. I know that some people, like, send it out to their friends. And they're like, hey, subscribe to me. And I was, like, kind of embarrassed at that. I was like, ah, I guess I'm just going to make these videos kind of for me. And if the public finds them, then they do. And so I just started making them and really went from, like, pretty much zero and I hit 50 and then I hit a hundred subscribers and I was like, great. And I'm making these videos, getting like 14 views, you know, 20 views, that sort of thing. And I'm just here plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. And, um, you know, I mean, it was fine. And I started, I don't know how long it was into me making these videos, but I was a couple months in and I started being like, okay, like, what are different ways that I can start to push these a little bit, maybe get some more views on them. And I went, so I found Reddit and I found r slash screenwriting. Um, and I started, this was kind of the time where it was kind of free game because uh, it was early video essay time. Now, if you post a video essay in there, you will get like banned or people will just rag on you that sort of stuff now uh they're not fans of it now but back then you could post stuff and, and people were like oh that's cool and so i remember um i remember this this video i put up and oh, what was the name of it oh it was um it was this cinematography analysis of a scene that was from the theory of everything the movie the theory of everything and mm. I put it in, on r slash screenwriting and I got 3,000 views. And at this point, that was like, that was in regards to other videos that were like, I think my highest video at the time was like 130 views or something. So I remember getting 3,000 views and I was like, this is it. Like, we're running now. Like, <laughs> this, is, this thing is going to run a million subscribers tomorrow. We're going all the way. Let's go. And, <laughs> let's go. And, um, but I remember uh, putting that up and I was like, okay, like every video I put out now, I'm, it's going up to Reddit. And I also remember that that was kind of encouraging because that was the first time where I was kind of like, okay, like some people are, are watching these, like somebody is kind of watching these things. And, um, so I kept working, I kept working, I kept working. And then I remember, man, how, how long was I in? Maybe six or seven months, more, more than a year, or maybe, maybe more like nine or 10 months. So not half a year. I was like nearer to a year. And I was on our slash screenwriting and I saw this new video that somebody had posted in there and um, it was called uh, Gone Girl, Don't Underestimate the Screenwriter. And it was from this new YouTube channel called Lessons from the Screenplay. And I clicked on the video and I watched it and I was like, this is a great video. Um, 
and I was like, what else has this guy done? So I clicked over to his channel and I noticed that this was a brand new channel and the video had something like 12,000 views and it had been posted that day. And I think his channel had like 1200 subscribers or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy day one has like a good hit video. Like it's done well on Reddit. And he kind of went from zero to a thousand subscribers in like a matter of hours. And I was honestly, wow. I was like, well, this is a great video. And I, 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 I was like, great, you know, I'm happy for him. This is a great video. I really like this stuff. I subscribed that day. So <laughs> I'm a day one lessons from the screenplay <laughs> <Day> subscriber. One. <laughs> day one. And um, <laughs> so I remember being like, oh, that's so cool. You know what? Good for him. And I went to bed. And then next day I wake up and I believe it was next day. Uh, I don't know how long. I'm pretty sure it was. But next day I wake up and I go to this video and his video has over 100,000 views and his channel has something like 12,000 subscribers and I almost turned my channel off because I was like, I'm trash at this. Like, clearly, I, I, I've been making videos once a week, every week, putting my heart and soul into these things for nine months, 10 months. And I don't, I have 600 subscribers maybe. And this guy day one drops a video, 12,000 subscribers doing the same method I was doing. Didn't do anything different. I ended up messaging him later asking like, how did it blow up? And he was like, just posted it on Reddit. And I was just like, well, I guess I should just quit. But I didn't, <laughs> as you can yeah, see. Yeah, thank God you didn't. Wow. Yeah, and I, I just, I kind of just got up and I was just like, well, I mean, I guess I'm just going to keep making these videos. Like I either, I either stop because this guy is having success and be angry about it, or I keep making videos and I chose to keep making videos and you know, um, it wasn't too long after that, that I ended up hitting a thousand subscribers. And I really think that once I hit a thousand, like it got a little more real like where I was like, okay, like I can, I think I can do this, you know, because like, man, it, going from nothing to a thousand subscribers is real. It really is the hardest push. Like it, it was, you know, there, cause when you're at, when you're at 10,000 subscribers, right? Like you're not a huge YouTuber, you know, by any means, but you have an audience, you have 10,000 subscribers, you have an audience and that is super motivating. And you can say, well, if I have if 10,000 people want to watch me, then maybe 100,000 do. But when you have 10 subscribers, there is no reason other than just you wanting to keep moving forward to keep moving forward. And so, you know, that it can be discouraging sometimes. But I think that it was, you know, I think it was extremely valuable for me because I think in a world, I don't think I would be the like this sounds corny but i really don't think i would be the person i am now if i hadn't spent that year making videos every week under a thousand subscribers like it really was formative it showed me that like things take time and you can work for a very long time and not see results of that work and then and that thing still be successful and you know i don't know 
I don't know how to, you know, it's funny when people are, are trying to decide whether or not they're going to quit something and they're looking at how much time they, they have put in. And I honestly can't give somebody advice one way or the other. Like you just have to decide, you know, you have to decide, is this worth it to you or is it not? Do you want to do something else or, or not? And I decided that I was going to have a bad day and then I was going to keep moving forward. So that's, that was the main, that was, I feel like that's my main under a thousand subscribers, like key story. Wow. God, how close were you to actually pressing the button? Like not, not hiding the videos, I'm guessing. Were you going to hide them or were you going to delete the channel? Kind of where were you? I mean, I was just, I was just going to be done. You know, I was just going to be like, well, forget about this. I'll just, I'll just be done. And you know, like I would just completely do something else. Like, I don't, I don't think I, I still would have focused on writing and I still would have made shorts, but like the concept of making these videos every week, like I would have just been done. And and I like I I literally remember because I was in a dorm at the time and you know, I was in college, so I remember just like laying in bed, like feeling sorry for myself because I was like, you know, this clearly I'm bad at this. Like that was what I was telling myself, right? Clearly I'm terrible at this. Because it's strange. There's obviously there's the story of the sunk cost fallacy, right? But yeah. the idea of growth on YouTube is that it is so bizarrely unfair in both the good ways and the bad ways because let's say you you know you spent a year doing that and you were under a thousand subscribers and that was a whole year of labor to kind of get up there at now 184,000 subscribers you did not put 184 times the effort in over the following few years right this is I mean this is a really interesting thing that you need that I think people need to think about when they are starting something from zero and it is that it's it's unfortunate, but when you actually realize it and you actually make peace with it, then it means that you can make progress. So when you start something, you are doing 100% work and seeing 0% results, right? When you have traction and you've had success and things are working, you are suddenly putting in way less effort comparatively and seeing way more results. And what happens is like you have to remember that the results you're seeing today are not the a result of the work that you're doing today. The results you're seeing today are like my channel being at 100,000 plus subscribers is a direct result of that kid in college deciding not to give up on this channel. And so, you know, I am happy that I am able to continue to you know, grow my channel and, and bring people on it and, and talk about screenwriting and stuff that I love. But, you know, the, the main foundational work of this channel was built from that kid with 170 subscribers. And it's important to remember that because when you when I go into new things that are going to be frustrating on the front end, you know, I can remember that I stuck with this thing and I knew I could do this. I, and even when emotionally it was frustrating, I knew I could do this. I knew I could make it work and, um, I stuck with it. Um, and you know, it's, it just is what it is. I mean, if you, either you want to do it or you don't like, I mean, that's really what I think. And sunk cost fallacy is hard because it is true. Like there, there's a world where it's not worth it for me to continue my channel. I mean, I, I know people 
Um, I know somebody I went to college with who he made um, these vlog style videos once a day, every day for a year, got no real traction, got maybe to like 800 subscribers and then stopped doing it. And, you know, what did that worked out? I don't know. But like not every person who sticks with something gets, you know, high levels of success. That is a reality. And so it is hard to make these claims on what someone else is doing. They re you, if you're a person that is working on a project, you're not seeing results, you have to decide. Nobody else is going to decide for you whether or not this is worth it to you to keep going and improving and finding your mistakes and solving those problems or give up and do something else, you know? So. Hmm. God, sir. I mean, as we said, it is unfair in, in bizarre ways. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it is. I, I, so have you seen the behind the curtain YouTube channel? Yes. Okay. So I, know him personally he's a close friend of mine um Yo. the guy who made that channel yeah and um i was there when he was building the channel um and when he had the idea for it and everything and launched that first video and he did like thirty thousand views in the first week or something like that and it was like great and he started running with that channel and that channel went from zero to a hundred thousand subscribers over the course of like four or five months very quick like blew through it and, you know, I, I think there's just so much, there, there is work and there's luck and there's all these other things. And I think that, but I, I, I do believe that you do have control over your growth in a lot of ways. And I think the, uh, <laughs> I think what people don't want to hear is that if you were like me and you've made, you know, videos for a year and you're not seeing like you know, crazy results or anything like, like where I was, where I was at a few hundred subscribers and I had been making videos for all this time. The reason for that was because I wasn't good at making videos. So it wasn't because I was making these perfect gems that nobody was seeing. It was that I wasn't good at it. And then over time I've gotten better. And so I, f I learned what I was doing wrong and I fixed mistakes and I analyzed what was working and what wasn't working in my, in my videos. And so I think that this, you really have to combine your work ethic with your ability to fix your own problems and to look at the mistakes that you're making and to fix them. Um, because if you don't do that, then you're not going to grow. Like my channel was at 15 to 17,000 subscribers. Right. And at that point I made a shift in the videos I was making. So up to that point, I got myself to about 17,000 subscribers and I was making general video essays about whatever I wanted to talk about. At that point, I shifted and I really, that was the point where I knew what my channel was actually about, why my channel was different than other channels on YouTube and what my channel was going to be. And that was that my channel was going to be like the channel that focused on practical teaching, screenwriting, and, and not just making video essays about things I wanted to see, like a lot of other channels, but making as a writer and somebody who is pursuing screenwriting, what practically helped me and how did I give that to other people in a clear, concise way? And when I made that shift, 
I went from 17-ish thousand subscribers to 100,000 subscribers in about six months. Wow. And that was all me adjusting, figuring out the purpose of my channel, the identity of my channel, and operating according to that. And so that had nothing to do with how much work I was doing. I could have made four videos a week with what I was previously doing and not seen the same success that I had when I made this switch. So it isn't just about work ethic. You have to understand positioning and you have to understand your purpose uh, as a channel. What sets you different? What is the quality of videos? What? And really for me, it was what problem am I solving for people, right? I was solving the problem of they wanted practical screenwriting help and a lot of these books and film classes and consultations and blah, blah, blah were not helping. And as somebody who was seeing these problems and finding ways to fix them, I wanted to give a practical sense to writers in film school who were stuck a way forward. And that is what made all the difference. Well, what you're talking about here is very much marketing, right? It was more about specifically mm. marketing your channel in a certain way. How did you mm -hmm. make that obvious say the log line of your channel how did you present that to people who were perhaps stumbling across it saw you in a thumbnail what convinced them to stick around and stay what did you do in your videos or in the way you presented your channel that demonstrated this for sure so what i was doing previously was talking about the use of film score in interstellar something like that right a topic i wanted to look at i shifted from that to how to practically structure a screenplay how to write characters that work, how to write a short film, right? How-to videos, videos uh, giving clear, concise examples and guidelines on how to do something specific. That is what made the difference. So people were not clicking my videos to watch some kid, you know, blabber on about his opinion on something, on some movie that had come out. It was, okay, I have... A problem. I need to figure out how to structure a script because I've been struggling to do it. This guy says that this video is going to help me do it. I'll give it a click and watch it for 15 minutes. And ideally, most of those people went, oh, wow, this is really helpful. I'll go to this channel and look at his other videos and get more help. And that's how I approached it. And that was very intentional. That was very intentional. Um, that was a specific shift that was made, not some sort of, oh, this is working, I guess I'll adjust to that. Because sometimes that can work and that can happen. You know, uh, There's a lot of YouTubers that are making videos, they're trying to be a YouTuber, and one of their videos takes off and they analyze why that one worked and then they lean into that. And I don't see anything wrong with doing that because it's about what is your goal, what are you trying to do, how are you trying to get there, um, and that can work. So. You, you have to understand what people are on your channel for and what what you were trying to do. And, you know, it was, um, that just made all the difference. Mm. Well, what's interesting about you is you're one of the people that I've spoken to who your content is less identity-based on you as an individual, as Tyler. They come across mm -hmm. as very particularly educational where you're very much more a teacher role. They're a bit more formal, mm -hmm. Um, and that focus on education, I think, is what's so interesting about both you and YouTube as a whole at the moment, because mm -hmm. people are able to get 
a perhaps damn near close to college or better considering the infrastructure of YouTube, the pause, click, go to whatever. You know, there's something real special going on here and you're doing it all for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that... I mean, well, my channel, The Shift, really came from a few ways. Well, I went to film school for a semester. Remember I told you that I had come to college for film school. And the way that it was set up was you did two years of like general education studies, and then you did only film classes the second two years. And the purpose for that was so that you could be on set for 12 hours in a day and not be missing classes and that sort of thing, which, you know, theoretically was a great plan and should have worked. Um, but when I got into film school, I was really frustrated because a lot of these people were not writers. They were cinematographers or they had set experience or they were looking at, you know, just non-script focused elements of, of, of filmmaking. And it's easy for that to happen because filmmaking is such a a combination of all of these different arts. You have acting and you have directing and you have cinematography and you have sound and you have all these other art forms in this major art form. And then it's easy to, uh, you know, miss the most important and also most difficult one to do correctly, which is the storytelling part. And so I was frustrated that I wasn't getting any of this help. And I was also frustrated that I felt like I was learning faster on my own, writing scripts and just figuring out what wasn't working and um and and fixing it and so i used that as ammo because i realized that this was a problem that all sorts of people in all these different film schools were having that their professors were either just not focused on screenwriting or they were cinematography guys or they were just not good at teaching screenwriting even if they had done it and because that happens too there's a lot of people that are great writers that are not good teachers. And so I was like, okay, I am going to synthesize what I figured out, what I think is the most practical and and put that into these videos. And so that's what I did. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, sorry. No, I, um, I was just going to say there is a, like there's education entertainment, right? Like YouTube you can go the entertainment route and I think that that's a great route to go because a lot of YouTubers do fantastically in that route. Um, and then you can also go, I think it's, the entertainment route is good because you can get a larger viewing and that can come with more sponsorship deals and you know more monetization opportunities and all of these sorts of things. And I think those could be great for you as a YouTuber. Um, what's, <clears throat> what's great about a education-based YouTube channel is that your audience is more loyal to you because you are helping them, right? Like they aren't there for you. They're there for them. They're there to be helped. And if you can lean into that and help them, then you can keep an audience. And even if your channel isn't exploding in growth, right? I'm a, you know, my channel, I have a decent sized audience, but there are all sorts of YouTubers way, way larger than me, but I've been able to keep my core audience because they are here because I'm helping them. Mm. And that's what's made a difference for me. Probably um, a lot in terms of retention, I guess as well. 
you probably have mm-hmm. far higher retention than say a typical YouTuber of around your size that's in the entertainment sector because people who are wanting to learn something are going to stick around to learn the lessons you're providing. Right. And I think that when you are an entertainment YouTuber, it's easy for your audience to go through these waves of attention, right? Um, where they watch you religiously for a month and then they don't really watch you ever again because they watched all pretty much all your entertaining videos on this particular video game or vlog style or whatever and then they move on um but it's easier if you're solving someone's problem if they encounter a problem again or they encounter a specific problem that wasn't you know handled in a different one of your videos then they can come back and they can review and look at these videos again and so it's funny i have people that will send me like Instagram DMs of their notes that they've been taking while watching my videos. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that's what I, that's what I want to be happening. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. I was lucky to spend uh, three years in film school here in the UK. And the biggest consistent downfall I I saw with student short films was the screenwriting Mm. before anything else, before cinematography, before sound, acting, talent, anything else. It was always the scripts. Yeah. And you know what I think is is funny is that so there's a video that I have on my channel. Actually, the, actually there's two videos, but the later one I did um, is the better one. It's called How to Write a Short Film. And I take uh, a Rick and Morty episode and I essentially break down like why it works and why really it works like a 13-page short script and how you could essentially apply that to your your own short films. And... <laughs> it's funny because it this is going to sound so cocky and and so gr- awful but if everybody you. who if everyone who uh wanted to write a short script would just watch that video and do exactly what I said they would have fantastic short scripts way better than most of the stuff that goes to festivals you know <laughs> damn the, <laughs> the problems are not the problems are not that difficult to solve the problem is that everybody thinks they're so unique and everybody wants to, everybody thinks that they're going to write something so unique and interesting, but what they do is they write like everyone else because everybody makes the same mistakes again and again and again. And genius, like think about Albert Einstein, right? We He's a, he's a genius that we all accept that this guy is a genius, okay? Why? It, it's not that he made things more complex it's that he made extremely complex concepts very simple right he took something as complex as gravity and time warping and made it simple enough to where regular people could get a sense of what he was talking about right i think i don't know if it's him or if it's somebody else that said if you can't explain it to a five-year-old then you don't understand it right why what do we mean what he means is that Things that work are simple. Simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. And what we do in all of the areas of our life is we overcomplicate everything because we think that we have to or we think that that is the way to do it or we think that that's what makes us unique. But And it happens in screenwriting again and again and again. I have worked with a lot of writers one-on-one, helping them fix their screenplays. I've read, I've read a lot of professional uh, screenplays. I was a script reader for a while uh, at a production company here in LA. And all of the problems are the same again and again and again. And there are problems of complexity and there are 
problem is that people don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand why they're doing something and they want to be more complex when what they actually need to do is they need to simplify their story and focus it down and that's what's going to make it work. Like think about this, right? If you want to go um, put on 20 pounds of muscle at the gym, right? If you want to get super ripped, right? Okay, what do you need to do? Well, you need to eat a caloric surplus and then you need to go, uh, you need to get a gym routine that is going to hit all of your muscle groups in a certain way consistently for, you know, multiple years and then you'll be there. So You're what telling do me do? I don't go, need to buy multiple books, watch multiple YouTube videos, <laughs> download four different apps, and subscribe to eight exactly. different gym services? What? Exactly. Exactly. And this is what people do. They say, oh, well, this guy's method doesn't work. This guy's method doesn't work. Oh, this girl's method doesn't work. Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, what about this diet plan? Oh, what about keto? Oh, what about uh, intermittent fasting? Oh, what about this? It's like, eat at a cool surplus and go to the gym. <laughs> it's just like... It's so simple, right? And that it, the same concept applies. Eat at a caloric surplus, go to the gym, write your script on, you know, philosophical principles that I talk about on my channel and, uh, you know, write in a structure of momentum that actually, you know, brings your characters through these stages of conflict. It's like, it really isn't... It, it, Things are things that work are simple. Simplicity scales. You can do simple again and again. You cannot replicate complex. You don't know why something that is complex works. I think what we see a lot of times is that even professional writers, they write something that works and they don't know why. And that's not where you want to be. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah, no, th that was something that I've experienced firsthand where mm -hmm. I had assignments for scripts. And yeah, I mean, this might be a, a wider comment, I guess, about the education system as a whole at the moment. But mm -hmm. I did scripts where the feedback was like, yeah, uh, consider changing this or consider changing this. Whereas the best um, script teacher I actually had at university, lovely bloke, uh, who luckily I have my dissertation as well, which was a script, he was one of the guys who actually told me that's crap change it and i was like oh thank mm. you that's so much simpler tell me it's bad tell me it's awful so right. i can do something completely different and it's only mm -hmm. after scrapping and mucking through the bad ideas that i was lucky to get some proper things and under that guy's Absolutely. supervision i got an amazing grade on my final dissertation purely because this guy was just so unapologetically this is bad do something better for sure and For there was sure. a lot of, oh, this is quite good. This is interesting. We're actually, uh, yeah, a bit a bit more confidence and oof behind this is crap. So I like that absolutely. I actually watched a Q&A you did where you actually gave feedback on people's scripts where you were absolutely mm -hmm. unafraid to say, this is bad. You made a classic mistake. Change this, which is just mm -hmm. saves so much time. You know, and if people are willing to learn, you want those teachers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is something that this is one of my core beliefs on creativity that a lot of people disagree with me on. And that is that when you're being creative, you're, the creative part of you is the initial idea that you have. Then after that is skill set and problem solving. So let me give you an example. Michelangelo creates the David statue, right? This magnum opus sculpture that lives on in history for hundreds and hundreds of years. The idea, the piece of creativity was him in his mind going, I want to create this beautiful sculpture, create the statue of David. After that, it was his skill set of understanding geometry, understanding how to use sculpting tools, understanding perspective, understanding, 
all of these skill set elements that are just bringing that initial piece of creativity to life. So when things aren't working, you just problem solve into the skill set. So if he had a problem on sizing and perspective, he can use geometry and perspective and these things to problem solve why his uh, sculpture wasn't coming out the way he wanted it to come out. All of that is problem solving and skill set, but his creativity was his initial idea. And I think that what people do, especially in screenwriting, is they make this core mistake where they believe that every piece of their story is just this outpouring of creativity. And it's really not. You have to think about it like you have an initial idea, you have something to say, you have a concept you want to bring, and then you bring that concept through your skill set and your ability to problem solve to then get to the end result that you want, which is a script and a story that works. Yeah, it's not just the, oh, I've got a good idea and it's the best idea ever. Like, no, nah, you got to have the sticks to back it up. Absolutely. And every idea can be good. People ask me all the time. I get DMs and stuff where people will be like, oh, is this a good idea? It's like, well, there are some of the best shows and movies of all time were like if somebody just pitched them to you, you'd be like, oh, I guess that sounds fine. But it's execution. It's their ability to bring these philosophical concepts. It's their ability to bring characters into action. It's their ability to, you know, create story momentum. Those are all skill sets that create the story. So, and people talk about, oh, I can't find ideas. I can't find. It's like you're getting stuck on the wrong thing. What you need to, what you need to be focusing on is doing the work and then problem solving. And the same thing applies to YouTube. That's why my channel grew. I did all this work and I wasn't figuring out why it wasn't working. And the second I realized what the identity of my channel was, and the second I realized what my purpose was on YouTube, suddenly things really started to take off and I wasn't having to grind as hard as I used to have used to be. Um, so. Hmm. It's that Casey Nice that quote, which is ideas are easy, ideas are cheap, whereas execution is everything. Absolutely. That's very much what you're doing there in your channel. Um, For sure. Also, as well, in that change of reflection that you said, it was demonstrating the value proposition of your channel, which we, we br mm -hmm. briefly touched on marketing earlier as well. You actually have a mm -hmm. bit of kind of marketing experience, right? Which mm -hmm. uh, I don't think, I don't know how much you've spoken about it. I was just curious as to how, where you learned kind of your marketing um, well, well, where you learned marketing essentially and how you applied that directly to your channel. Sure. So um, I guess you found my website and that sort of stuff for my channel. I don't know. Um, but yeah. uh, It's a good website. It's a very nice website. Thank you. Um, to the listeners who don't know, uh, I have a website attached to my YouTube channel called Practical Screenwriting. Essentially what I do on that site is I help people who have never finished a screenplay before finish that first draft because that is a huge problem. I watch all sorts of, it, it sounds so simple, right? But it is a huge problem. People are going through an entirety of film school with a short script and never being forced to tackle that feature. And they say they want to be screenwriters. It doesn't make any sense. So I do that <laughs> and I also help people. <laughs> so I do that and I also help people systematically rewrite their story. So what I'm talking about here, finding the problems in your story and fixing them. So that is what I do on my on my website. I have a course, um, and um, and yeah. So I I also do some some coaching, some one on one stuff, that sort of stuff. Um, and essentially, uh, how I learned all of this was by seeking out information online. Uh, I didn't learn any of this in college. Um, I well, I was learning it in college, but it was in spite of college, not 
because of college. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's different people that I followed online that have talked about just online marketing and, and online business and, and how marketing works. And, um, I think right now we are in a great time to learn online and to learn things online, which is, you know, as I'm a person that's teaching online, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to say that, but I, I genuinely believe that. I mean, I have spent, um, multiple thousands of dollars uh, on my own online education on topics that I have been interested in, like building a skill for. And, um, you know, I, I, and I think that what's also great is I think the college system is starting to, it's starting to break down a little bit because I think it, it got so institutionalized uh, that it got, it's gotten so bloated. And, um, I think that because it's just, it's become so ingrained in our culture that they were no longer incentivized to teach well. Um, and I think that one thing that is, is cool about learning online is that like, um, you have a little bit more of that incentive back in my view, um, that you can learn from people that are actually there to help you and are have a a larger stake in watching you succeed um and are not some sort of massive institution that doesn't it doesn't matter if you do or don't pay them and and that sort of stuff so i think yeah i i would say most of what i've learned has come from the internet in some capacity like um i i really didn't learn too much in college in the sense of what i was learning in class i am a, I'm very focused on, and I very much believe in taking personal responsibility for your own learning. Um, and that like, you know, when you join, cause you know, you know, I sell, I, I sell a course and I have coaching and this sort of thing. And, and if you're a person that comes into my, my programs, like I absolutely think that you have to come in knowing that you are taking responsibility for your own writing. Right. I think what's not good about universities and colleges is that the, the, the fact that you get that piece of paper, I think is detrimental because it means that you took some classes and then you went off and you have this piece of paper that says you took some classes, but it doesn't say that you learned a skill set. It doesn't say that you actually improved on what they were teaching you. It doesn't say that you actually found tangible results from the time you spent in college. What it says is you had fun for four years and then now you're moving on into the, the job world. And so <clears throat> I think that taking personal responsibility for your learning is step one. And then realizing that there are legitimately people on the internet that will help you with whatever you are trying to learn, as long as you are willing to take the responsibility to get better um, and to remove your ego out of the way of your own learning. Um, there are people that will help you. If I wanted to learn coding right now, there's somebody online that is willing to teach me. If I wanted to learn, you know, complex math, right now there is somebody on the internet that is willing to teach me and so um i mean you can even look at examples of that like elon musk who learned you know this this whole world of like technical engineering because he just read books he talked to engineers he, he learned online he just self-learned and he had skin in the game he was like well i got to build these rockets so i got to figure out how they work right <laughs> that's the best way to learn because if you're going to actually learn something you need to be working on that thing to show that 
this is something that you care about and this is something that you have real stakes attached to it. And so that's why I'm so excited. There are, I mean, over a hundred people, I think it's like 130 or 140 people in my course right now have finished like their first screenplay ever as a direct result of being inside this course. And I think that that is fantastic. It really, like, it really makes me feel like what I'm doing is, is meaningful and purposeful because it's not just that these people are, um, you know, it's not just that they are learning something and then moving on. It's like they are seeing tangible results from what I have shown them. And so that's what I think learning should be based on. And I think that it's frustrating when it is not. Man, there's so much good in that. I mean, particularly, <laughs> for, well, oh God. Okay, well, first, the plus 100 people you have in your course, you mm -hmm. having that direct relationship with them and as you say you have skin in you get in the game and developing mm -hmm. these personal relationships with them and seeing them succeed as a result of what right. you built from this channel must feel fantastic yeah it's awesome and and like you know i mean even on my website i have like you know course reviews uh up there you know so that people can watch and really to see that like people like them are in this and have have, have found success but really you know i will go back and i will watch these videos because like you know it's meaningful to me to watch these people talk about how beneficial it was to be helped by me like th that really means something to me and um you know like some of the stuff that these people say are like is like really intense and uh like uh it's people saying things like uh, there's a guy dennis uh that i i've talked to inside the course and he's he said that like he talks about these couple particular lessons inside the course and that they changed his view on screenwriting forever and like how wildly different like his whole outlook was because of that, like crazy stuff like that. And like, it's so good to see that, you know, because like, I really believe in what I'm doing and I really believe that it's beneficial in making an impact. And so to be able to see that is huge. Absolutely. And what you were saying about college as well, in terms of what it actually proves, ha having done a, you know, pretty good film school um, in the UK, there were some mm -hmm. people who turned up there who, you know, they were not there to learn. They were right. just, you know, not going to classes. And, and I mean, like, probably 80, 90% of the classes do not attend. You know, really did yeah. not care. And I was always angry that these people didn't get kicked out until I realized it's far more hassle for the university to actually kick them out than it is to just kind of shove the paper at them at the end and get them out for the to bring the next cohort of students in. So it mm -hmm. was really kind of... Uh, disillusioning, di disillusioning in, in a lot of ways. Whereas, of course, the complete flip side of the spectrum here is the kind of thing that you're doing and the realization that learning these really specific niche skills in what people are interested in, that there are these teachers around online. So we talk about, say, Elon Musk or Bill Gates both going out of their ways to learn immensely complex things early from books, mm -hmm. from contacts, finding the relevant people to talk to. It is now easier than it has ever been in the history of mankind to learn anything you can feasibly imagine. The mm -hmm. biggest value that uh, university or college presents in a lot of ways is these teachers, these mentors who will give you direct feedback as well as everything else that is promised in this tuition. And suddenly mm -hmm. what you're offering here is the direct, relevant and individual feedback to the work that people are doing. Everything mm -hmm. else is available online for free. So people can right. get this mind-blowing depth of teaching for it's it's just such a different way of doing it and the results are mm -hmm. probably better in a lot of ways and that's just mind-blowing yeah i mean the you know 
there are the, just a little fun fact. There are more people in my course that have finished screenplays than did in my film school class. So, <laughs> wow, it's a fun little fact. Wow, how does that feel? I mean, you know, I think that it, it feels good, and it, it, I don't, it's it's it it feels good, and it's also frustrating because I don't. I, I wish it worked, you know, like I, I wish that <laughs> I wish people were correctly incentivized to to teach well and to learn well. And it's funny when people ask me, sometimes I'll get emails from people that are that are inside my my course and they'll ask me like, hey, do you have like um like once I go through it and I, you know, I do this stuff, uh, do you have like some sort of uh, certificate that I went through it? And it's like, no, and I won't build it for you because I don't that's not why you're here. Like either you're getting better or you're not. And if you're trying to show somebody else that you have a certificate that you sat through something like that doesn't mean anything. What means something is whether or not you have the skill. Do you have the skill or not? Can you prove you have the skill or not? That's what we need to be focused on. And so that's why I have, you know, I've stuck to some of those things because I'm like, the focus is whether or not you can do what I'm here to teach you to do. And, you know, that's, uh, mm. that's, that's how I run it. Mm, I've, perhaps I might consider that the kind of external value proposition there is boomers, say, in hiring positions might right. believe foolishly the value of something is higher if a potential candidate right. can say, look at this certificate of this course I went out of my way to go and do. It's not necessarily right. for, the, for the people in your course, perhaps. Yes. I don't know. And the yes. shame is there, and, and, of course, these boomers... <laughs> Right. And you're totally right. And that's why I think, um, you know, that's, that's definitely what the, what the view is, but I, I haven't want to, I don't want to feed that view, you know? So I, mm. I think it's better for, I think it's better to, to like at some point, if, if we, it really just depends on like, do we, or do we not want to operate off of that metric? And I don't think we should. And because of that, I won't feed into it. So if that stops somebody from, from working with me, then, then that's fine. Um, and I, that just kind of shows that in this situation, we may not be aligned, um, you know, to, to work together and that's, that's totally okay. I don't have to work with, with everybody. So, but yeah, you know, I mean, uh, and also it's, it's just looping this back into the YouTube channel. The, what I was building, like this website and everything was happening right as I found the identity of what my channel was going to be. So they, they kind of formed together in tandem. And because I, I knew that like, this was the identity of what I was trying to do right now. And this is how it was going to work in YouTube. And this is how it was going to work outside of it. And I, I took that leap and, uh, and it paid off. What I really like as well is that um, a lot of people I talk to, I ask them the unexpected benefits of uh, making their channel. Mm -hmm. And almost all of them have said career-wise. We had a bloke who, you know, one of my earliest, one of my best friends, actually, he has videos about scale models, literally just making these tiny uh, FX models. He ended up getting a mm -hmm. job in cinematography because of his YouTube channel, which clearly demonstrated his cinematography skills via these That's videos. That's fantastic. Right? Everyone I've spoken yeah. to has, has, you know, said, said that there's been a career benefit. Whereas you almost went in with the direct intention of teaching in a lot of ways obviously you, you later mm -hmm. specified in this but like to directly reflect and teach yourself more particularly in that first year where you were building up to a thousand there was an aim of self-improvement from the get-go mm -hmm. absolutely 
Yeah. I mean, my, what happened when I was a freshman in college was that I knew that if I wanted to do something important, it required me figuring out a vision and then working towards that. And when I, at that point, I didn't really know exactly what that looked like. And I, I read a book actually, um, that the, the longer I have been working on my YouTube channel, the more like this quote has resonated with me. It's, um, it, the book is steel like an artist by Austin Cleon. It's a fun little, like a uh, little book and, uh, uh, yeah, super cool. And one of the things he said was like, you don't have to know something like you don't have to know what your identity is to start, right? You don't have to know what you're doing to start, but you need to, to get moving. And I think he's totally right. I think what, I think that we learn in motion, right? What I don't like about, um, you know, focusing on theory mainly and only teaching that and only focusing on that is that we learn when we're making mistakes. We learn when things aren't working. We learn when we find something new, we try to make it work and it doesn't work. And then we have to figure out why it's not working. That's how we learn. And, you know, like you can, to go back to this whole like fitness analogy, it's like you can watch 20 videos on YouTube about how somebody is like doing a bench press, but you're not going to actually figure out the form and feel it out until you're under the bar doing a bench press. And we learn in motion. We learn by experiencing it. We learn by feeling it out. We learn by figuring out what's not working for us and targeting on that and fixing that. Go make some videos, people. It's got to be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I, I'm, a, I'm aware we're pressed for time, so I'll ask you just one final question, though there's so many sure. more I'd love to ask, which is what would your final advice be to your audience, people who look up to you, who are perhaps toying with the idea of starting a YouTube channel? You know, you know, I, I would say that the focus initially is really on a couple things. So one, you need to be like consistency is really is king. If you can't get your videos up consistently, you're not going to be able to grow. It doesn't matter if you're uploading every day or every or, or, or three times a week or once a week. You have to figure out how consistently you're going to upload and you're going to have to stick to that and you're going to have to commit to doing that thing for a while. If you're not willing to commit to that thing for a while, then I wouldn't start. Number two, once you have that consistency element down, you need to focus on, okay, what is the identity of this channel and what isn't working for me right now? So... And it's hard to nail down what that might be. So if you are an entertainment channel and you're not, you know, people aren't watching you, you, you need to think, about, okay, well, is there a way I can improve my thumbnails? Is there a way I can improve my titles? Is there a way I can improve the video content that I'm creating? Why are entertainment channels in my same category on YouTube doing well? What is the difference between their videos and mine? Because I guarantee you, it's more than the fact that they just have a million subscribers and you don't. They're doing something better than you are. And it's important for you to study why and implement it into your videos. So your ability to stay consistent and problem solve in a particular direction is going to matter the most. Awesome. 
Tyler Mowry, it has been an absolute privilege, privilege to talk to you. Um, links to your website as well as your channel are, as always, going to be in the channel description to check him out. He also has an ebook on screenwriting, which he didn't mention, which is also very <laughs> important. Check that out. Um, and I think lastly, it's important to mention that you've achieved all this success at, before the age of what? You've just turned 24? I just turned 24, yeah. Happy birthday, man. Thank you so much. Incredible. Uh, it's been an absolute so inspiration much. chatting to you, really. Thank you so much Absolutely. for joining us today, and we'll catch you Thanks in the next one. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.